everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our podcast, At The Root. Once again, this is Alex, me, and Andrea. And this is our second episode of MCCDC's podcast, At The Root, where we focus on creating a safe haven for underrepresented students on campus, as well as unapologetically talk about social justice issues and POC communities. We wanted you all to get to know us a little bit better, so we have a reflective topic for this episode. We would like to start off by saying a huge thank you to our audience for taking the time to be here today. The world has gotten much crazier, and we appreciate your time and energy in listening. This is our second episode where we're going to focus on talking about what community means to us. And today we will be discussing the same question. What does community mean to us? We will be exploring what drives us in our communities and all the impacts of our communities have had on us through the course of our lives. Before we begin, we would like to remind everyone of our segments in our podcast. First, we have SEED. That is the topic that we're going to be talking about this month. This month is the answering the question, what community means to us. Next, we have Sprout, which is the activism that is coming from our monthly topic and how to get involved in the work. Following, we have Thorn, is a trending topic that pisses you off socio-political climate issues, activism, and social justice issues. Moreover, we have Stigma, which is the person we're going to interview, and this month that is being all three of us. And lastly, we have Pollen, the listener questions, comments, and concerns, and advice column. So please follow us on our Instagram at the root underscore CSM MCCDC and follow the link tree in our bio to go ahead and fill out the form in order to give us your questions, letters, concerns, and stories. We will keep your identity anonymous if you choose to do so and make sure to write in your letter or DM that you would like to be anonymous. We will also keep your information confidential. With that being said, let's jump in and begin exploring our questions and ourselves. If I would like, if I could have us start off by giving a brief introduction of ourselves, our major, and why we chose to be an intern at the MCCDC. May, would you like to start us off? Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Mela Ikahihifo. Everybody calls me May. I am a community intern at the MCCDC. I'm an econ major and economics major, and I chose to be an intern at the MCCDC because Polynesians at CSM have the lowest turnout rates for transferring. Um, they have the highest dropout in W's rates, and they just have some of the worst stats at CSM. And I think that comes from a lack of knowledge about resources av- made available to us. And so that's why I chose to work at the MCCDC. We have a ton of resources, and we get the freedom to use these resources to help address the issues that we care about. And so, yeah, that's why I chose to work at the MCCDC. Andrea, would you like to go next? Okay, hi everyone. I'm Andrea Morales. I'm a biology or pre-med major at CSM, and I'm also aiming for a minor in chemistry. One of the reasons that I decided to get into this program goes with what Maya said, and that's to support my my Hispanic community because they also, you know, experience this inequity that that we all see often in our community. For a while, I've, I've been trying to implement that word and that the, the content, the meaning of that word in our community, equity. And I think that goes with all the sociopolitical issues that, that have been and are, are going on in our community as well. 
thank you guys. I will follow up. You know, my name is Alex Ruiz. I'm a returning student and tr hopefully transfer soon at CSM. My major is English and I want to actually focus that in on education and I actually want, would like to become a professor. So that's like one of my biggest goals is to teach like at a big university. And I chose to be an intern at the MCCDC because May and Andrea also mentioned I was also interested in helping my Latinx community and providing more resources, providing more events and like getting more knowledge out there. I feel like a lot of knowledge is often, um, you know, withheld. And I think that the more active you become in a community, the more you start to like gain those resources and like gain people and connections, broaden your kind of like system. And that also helps like later on in you like being act more active in your community and like helping and just making an overall difference. And going back to my major, that's one of also that's another point is that I want like I love English, but I also want to help like more Latinx students like also love English and like have that same experience that I had when I was in high school and I had this really amazing English teacher and she actually helped love reading books and like writing and I feel like often in a lot of our communities we don't get really really good teachers and they often just like pass us or something and we don't get that chance to have like a really good professor and I feel like when you have like such a, an amazing teacher it really changes and forms you that's what I want to be able to provide for like more young Latinx students and like all students of color like I want them to see someone standing up there that's similar to them and like teaching material that they want to learn about and that it pertains to them so let's go ahead and dive straight into our seed. So our seed, of course, like I mentioned, was what community means to us. So I know all of us had had have had different life journeys, but why particularly can you give us some reasons as to why you wanted to work like specifically at the MCCDC on CSM's campus? May or Andrea, whoever would like to start us off? I think I was I didn't know what community was. Uh, I didn't know the meaning of community when I got this internship. And I think that's the reason I, you know, I applied because I was looking for that meaning. I was looking for a way where I can feel that I belong to something or a way that besides, you know, helping others and being there for others, I also felt like I, I, I also will be able to feel that. And this internship has taught me that community goes beyond family and that you don't need to be friends with people in order for people to help you and support you when you really need them. And I think that's, um, for me, that's the real meaning of community. And that's something I just learned this semester, um, you know, uh, with this internship and, and training. And I think that's uh, the most amazing experience and the most amazing, you know, journey that I've been through this year um besides you know everything that, that that has been going on in general but I feel like I I'm not uh, like someone who has too much friends like my social circle is really small and that's because I believe that even though if you have like a thousand friends that doesn't mean all of them are honest to you that doesn't mean all of them will be there for you when you need them and I learned that um in the bad way and when I came to this internship, I 
I also like I just had one best friend. <laughs> I just had one best friend. I still have her, you know. But now I have more people. I don't I don't think I have friends. I have family, you know. This is like this this feeling where you know you have family, but if you get sick, you know they will come and then they will be there for you and you will feel that type of support that you need. Um for any you know issues or reasons and I think that's that's something special that I'm getting from this program which is learn uh, learning what community is and I think there's more there's more meanings that and there more there's more reasons that we could find but for me personally that's what I find special here that was such a good answer I almost want to be like um Andrea's answer is the same as mine <laughs> But it kind of is. I remember coming into this internship um, on the first day of training. Our supervisor, Jackie, made us all go around and explain what community means to us, each one of us. And I remember just thinking, like, um, <laughs> my family, my friends. Now, as we are reaching the end of the semester, I can now say, like, my whole perception of what community is has totally changed. So community to me is close circle. I, I think of close circle, which is not just my family and my friends, but someone who I can turn to when I'm when I have good news, which is surprisingly, like, you'll find that this is super rare. And someone who I can turn to when I'm super sad, like, I need to express something. Um, can I trust you with this? Like, that's community for me, close-knit, my rider dies, close circle. And I also think of, like, community. Like, I'll all be here for y'all, too. So I think, like, for me, why I wanted to work at the MCCDC was because, you know, I had, like, been more active in, like, my local community. And I had noticed that there was just, a, like, a lot of stuff that needed change. And you know, at that point, I didn't have any, like, networks of, like, activists or, like, people I knew or, like, it was just, like, a small, very small community. And I had to keep going through, like, a specific person to, like, get more involved. So I wanted to you know, when this opportunity came up, I felt like this was kind of like calling to me because I was like becoming more active in my own local community. And I wanted to also implement that in my school community. And, you know, like Andrea and May said, like, I've always, you know, it's hard to sometimes to get yourself outside of the bubble where we all normally like live or especially right now in the pandemic, like, you know, we're all at home, like we're back on lockdown, like, the, you know, you refer to your family as like, oh, that's my community, because that's the people around me. And I feel like because of this pandemic, you know, some of that identity has been lost and through this internship it has like helped us rebuild and like you know think of more events like pertaining to students just more like bringing more activism and awareness to campus and I think that's like even that's super important even if we're not physically on campus because you know the fight continues like even if we're not there physically like the fight will remain like we'll continue like we're seeing like with all these things like with DACA and everything and I think that's like important to know like just because like we're in a pandemic and we're at home doesn't mean that we don't have activism and work to do in our communities and I think that's a way that the MCCDC helps me and realize like there is stuff like a broader stuff beyond like what I'm just facing you know there's more people facing other injustices and issues so let's move on what made us choose our specific majors and career goals if you guys wouldn't mind I will go first for me like I chose my specific major well it was actually a journey 
journey to not to lie like it was like a quite a journey like to get here you know like I am a returning student so I did drop out for like a year and a half and like I think what made me I was originally English but then I came back and wanted to do nursing but I'll be honest like nursing is really hard and like I'm not very good at math or science English has always been something that I'm really good at I'm kind of like that cerebral person where I like to like pick apart stuff and I like to like write and I like to read and I like broaden my knowledge and just like I'm always very hungry for knowledge and I think I always wanted to be a teacher but I don't think I realized like how much I wanted it because I had like negative work experiences being a teacher and like that like affected me in you know like continuing to pursue teaching as a goal because you know like I saw all these things and it made me like not want to do it anymore but then I feel like when I came back to school and I started to like just kind of realize myself and like become like evolve into the person that is here today like I realized that I really do love teaching and I want to teach but I just want to teach like you know students like older students because you know they can actively have a conversation with you and and also and bring back that idea that you know in high school like I had that really great English teacher and I always wanted to do that like the way that she put in English as a subject was extremely different than what I was being taught like in the previous years and it like motivated me you know like to pursue English and I feel like that kind of like I like thought back to that and then I also thought back to experiences like with my siblings or like tutoring and some other stuff and I realized like I really do love to teach and I do want to get there I just want to like be at a like higher institution basically and also like I want to again like bring forth that idea that oh wow like you know like my professor is a Latinx, you know, professor, which in like, not normal terms, but in like college campuses, there's not a lot of, you know, Latinx professors or not a lot of people that like, you know, teach curriculum based on like, like people of color and I think I want to be one of those professors that brings more awareness and like also that students see and they're like wow like you know my professor like looks like me she like she has a similar background like she is similar to myself and like motivate those students and I think like that's why I chose you know to be a professor and like to continue this journey and also you know like continue pushing forward like for my community and for myself and my family like I think it's really important to get more people of color in like higher level institutions so that there's more a variety and more knowledge and more awareness. Wow I I really think we need more professors like as a student we need more professors that are know what their students are going through and understand their students and I'm really happy you actually went for what you really wanted and yeah I'm really happy <laughs> for me I think this is something I always wanted and this is something uh, I already knew since the beginning and the story is because my aunt, the, um, one of the people who raised me, my aunt, she is a nurse in my country, Guatemala, right? And she raised me as a nurse. So let's say that I knew everything. I was informed at, um, about everything. And just as an example, it would be like at, at 10 years old, when I was 10 years old, I already knew about sex and I was informed about it. And I was informed about how to be careful and how to be, right? So I already knew how to 
all this stuff and like she taught me how to inject people how to put vaccines how to do this stuff so i know this stuff and i think this is why i like over time i i was like finding myself and and discovering this this um i would say talent because knowing what you want to be when you grow up it's a talent like not like no not even wanting to change your your mindset about it so that's that has been my dream like being a doctor like i want to be a doctor because i want to help people my community it there's that huge meaning about wanting to be a doctor and so i already knew this like i was i even played with my grandma she like she made like if she had she called herself for example like she called her finger cooking and i was like oh no no let me let me I, i'll be your nurse i'll be your doctor and i was like trying to help her like and <laughs> so that was something cute but i think this is the most beautiful you know ex not experience but something i remember from my childhood when i lose motivation i think i remember this so when I, I was older, like at 13, 14 years old in my country at that age, you're, you're, you're already in college. If you are like a good student and like you're, you're someone who, who doesn't lose time, right? <laughs> so at 14, 15 years old, I went to college and I was also studying um, biology in my country. And when I moved here, I lost one year. And let's say if I didn't lose that year when I moved here in my country, I will be like a major in biology in my country already so when i moved here i came to high school and i was like i was lost because i didn't know i didn't know what to do with my life and with myself when it comes to like oh i'm in a new environment i'm in a new country i don't know what to do i don't know anything i don't know the system so i was i was so down about my goals and dreams but i also remember that i was also being a good student in high school and i had these scholarships and i was in these programs and i was just like okay i need to find my why you know here's where it comes like finding your why when you are older when you are mature enough to know what's worth it and what's what's not right so i thought i was going for nursing a nursing major right when i applied for college and when i transferred to csm from high school i like my parents they were like okay you're just like nursing is a short like a short term career you're gonna graduate in like in five years if you're good uh if you're a good student and like and then you will be able to have your life and, and have your life and like have a life you know working and be independent and stuff because that's something like being independent and wanting to be independent in a hispanic household that's something like we <laughs> that's something difficult <laughs> and so when i transferred to college like my parents and i came to the agreement on being a nursing major because oh that that's a short-term career and stuff so my first semester at csm i was already a nursing major and i wasn't even taking like my my, my classes like classes that go with the major i was just taking like general education classes GE classes so I was, this is not what I want to do. This is not what I want. This is not making me happy. Just the idea of like doing, just the idea of like doing something I don't want to or like something, yeah, it goes with medicine. Like being a nurse is a great job and like that's a beautiful uh, experience because I, I got to experience that with my aunt, right? But that's not what I wanted. I, I always wanted to be a doctor. I talked to my parents and I was like, oh, I was freaking out because what, what, what are my parents going to say? But I love that my family they are a great support system for me and like I think um, when it comes to taking decisions I always go to my parents first and and take the decisions with them and 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 see what type of help can I get from them and then do whatever I need to do right so I went to my parents my first semester and I was like 
uh, when we're like, we always eat dinner together and um, we talk and stuff during dinner, right? So I was like, um, mom, dad, I kind of want to change my major. And my, my father, he was all serious. Like I think <laughs> he was serious and he was like, um, it, because it, it would mean that, that that would mean that I didn't know what I wanted for myself. So in a Hispanic household, or maybe most of you know your uh, the families and stuff, like being changing your major that often will mean that you don't know what you want for yourself, and it will mean that you're not mature enough for people, and that you're not yeah you wouldn't be independent and stuff like that. And so I was like freaking out. I was like whew, trying to breathe and, and being honest with my parents, right? So. I, I told them that I wanted to change my major. So my mom, she was like, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Like, at the end of the day, you are going to be the one doing this, not us. Like, at the end of the day, you are going to be the one who's going to be putting all the work, all the effort. Uh, it's going to be looking for all the resources to get, to get what you want. So what do you want to be? What do you want to do? <laughs> and then I told my parents that I wanted to be a doctor. That has been my dream since I've been a child and they were like, I was surprised on how supportive they were. Like I was, I was surprised. I didn't expect that from them. Um, knowing that I have strict parents, right? <laughs> like having strict parents is not that easy. So <laughs> I was, I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> I didn't expect this. I didn't, I thought it was going to be more of like, oh, you don't know what you want for yourself. Like, um, you're just going to keep going with this. And that, that means that, that would mean that, you're just gonna have to finish what you started, right? And that's something like my father, he's always taught me, like finish what you start, no matter what. <laughs> so um, they were like, okay, you wanna be a doctor? You have to be aware of like, you will have to lose your, to let your freedom go. If you wanna be a doctor, you have to be aware that you will have to put all of your time on studying, on, on going to school, on working and, and doing stuff in order for you to achieve your goal because um this is like a long-term career like almost 15 years or more if <laughs> if you if you're lucky enough you know to to do it so i was like okay um i understand i think i got this i'm just gonna change my major so i did change my major to a biology pre-major or pre-med which is like a requirement to go to medical school so now I think I'm happy um, with with my show, like with what I chose with my decision. But until today, I think I wasn't aware of like what they told me that night that I had to lose my freedom. I had to let my freedom go um, in terms of like having friends, having a social life, and things like that. Just that has become real. <laughs> like my social life is not good. Um, as I would like it to be, I don't like. I lost too many friends. I think I would say I ended up not having enough friends. But I do know I have my community, uh, the program in my community, uh, the student senate and at CSM, so I'm okay with it. And I have my family, so that that doesn't mean that not having friends is is not okay, right? So I have community, and that's that's the best thing <laughs> of of this experience on you know studying to be a doctor. But um, yeah, I think I'm happy with it. I'm just like still trying to understand 
you know my why and I'm still trying to not lose motivation because this is like a really like this is uh, the one of the most heavy careers um, that you can choose this is like this this consumes your time like you're like I would say I'm married to my career because <laughs> I don't have time sometimes I don't even have time for myself but um, we need I also have uh, understood that I need to find time to, for myself to be okay with not only mentally um, but I think I also need to be okay spiritually um, because um, my sister told me that I have to have a balance and I think I'm still working on finding a balance with my personal life and being okay um, with my mental health and also being okay, you know, um, doing this for me and like achieving my goal of becoming a doctor someday. So yeah, oh, and what type of doctor? <laughs> I think I that also I have, I also decided that um, already. Um, I have two options and one day I think I'll have to decide one. <laughs> But I think I'm going for a neurosurgeon or a cardiologist. Uh, that's what I want. And yeah, so I think I, I'm someone who really has, oh, I think I might sound like I have my life under control by saying that I know what I want, <laughs> by saying that I already have my future plan or an idea of what my future will look like. But um, just knowing that and, and having that clear to myself doesn't mean that my life is all put together <laughs> so I just want to let that clear and yeah so this is this is exactly my story on how or why I I am where I am today with my career and major and stuff so yeah thank you thank you guys thank you Andrea for your story it was very interesting to hear I myself had never heard of it so it was very nice so our next question is, what communities did we all grow up in and what did it do for us in regards to our overall life goals? Um, I can go first. I grew up in Millbury, California. The area, like the population is mostly white and Asian. And if you look at the high school that I went to, Mills High School, Polynesians make up less than 6% of the entire high school. And so in terms of like the, the community that I grew up in, in Millbury, as in my environment, this has impacted the way that I see Polynesians is that we we are capable of so much more. Obviously, we have very strong genetics, which is a blessing, but we, we are more than athletes, student athletes. We can be so much more. And so that's really what I hope to do in the foreseeable future is break the stereotypes and show that we are so much more than student athletes we are so much more than than athletes like pro athletes we are smart people and we can take any dream that we want to there are other options than just being limited to sports so that's really what i want to get into um in the foreseeable future is that type of work um so what community i actually moved to hayward when I was eight, so I also, like May, had a little bit, like, I used to live in San Mateo, and I feel like sometimes in San Mateo, like, I wouldn't feel like I belong there, I think, because, you know, like May was saying, like, there was, like, a, a huge, like, white people population, and I felt just kind of, like, isolated in, in this one area. Um, I also think that where I was living, 
there's a lot of like you know there was like it wasn't I was I wouldn't say it was a ghetto but I would say like it wasn't like a great community really to live to live in so I think that's why my parents like moved us over here and growing up in Hayward I think I saw a lot more like Latinx people a lot more like you know African-American people I saw a lot more like Samoan and like Tongan people and like I was just able to be around a lot more like different people of color and I think that helped me expand in how I view things and I you know my parents are immigrants so that also contributed it contributed to what I feel like I've grown up to be like very interested in like immigration reform and like very immigration very interested in DACA and a lot of things like that and I think like for my overall life goals I think it just helped like being in a community that was so diverse helped just aid me in those same life goals that I want to be like career goals and everything just being a person of color like in high in a higher institution like teaching other young students of color like the power they have and like that they are making a difference because I feel like often we I think often you know like we are not taught that we actually have power I think we like always go off of like what we learn in textbooks and everything and like you know like those textbooks like we learn in public education really don't help like portray you know our narratives as people of color they mostly you know portray like white narratives and I think like that's also an important and key part in like in you know like pursuing higher education for myself is in you know trying to diminish the that narrative and like put forth our own narratives and like empower young students and like make them feel like they actually like can you know strive to succeed and achieve no matter their circumstances and low income because I was low income and you know here I am like maybe you know like I'm struggle sometimes but you know there's a lot of help and a lot of people that are willing to help you and make you successful and like keep pursuing like so you can keep pursuing higher education and I think that often doesn't get talked about enough like we just see the outside like oh I'm not going to be able to do it because I can't afford it or something but there's actually a lot of help and I want just to get up there so I can start you know teaching our narratives and like start have and actually like push forth like those that knowledge that there is help and that there can like you can do it like as long as you you set yourself and you motivate yourself like you can do it and I think like that's what like you know my community has helped me with is like looking at a larger lens and just trying to push like to and also helping me like keep motivated and like you know seeing all these students especially my siblings like that my siblings look up to me like as you know a role model you know and like I think that was like one of the reasons I came back to school was because my little sister my little sister wasn't doing very well in school and I kept advocating oh get higher learning get higher learning but like I wasn't being that role model and I think for myself it's important to like you know the way so you're saying things you have to like also change and like do those things not just and demonstrate not just saying but also be an example and I think that was why like one of the things and and her like little friends also being like wow your sister's at school and like your other sisters and I think that just led to me just being more motivated and like to continue and to like help me stay motivated stay empowered and want to continue to help wow i i think when it comes to like being angry of success 
I think my story is related to Alex's story. Um, oh, how to start? <laughs> my story is like a really uh, long story. <laughs> okay, so when I was, I'll start since when I was um, one or two years old, and I'll be quick. <laughs> okay, so my parents immigrated, um, you know, to this country, the U.S. when I was a baby. So I was left without parents, and I was left with my grandma and my aunt. And they are the two people who raised me, and I see them as my my mothers as well, right? And since I was, I had my parents here, and I was in my country, I I always had this like inside of like being grateful for what I have, because my parents were out here, um, working hard for me. And I was, I was always like under pressure of like being a good daughter, being a good student in order for me to have this as something to show up to my family that I'm being grateful because of like the hard work that my parents are, are like are doing um, in this country in order for me to, to give me better opportunities since my country might be known as, as a country that, um, you know, has a really like high percentage of poverty. So my parents, they wanted me to have like a better experience on and better opportunities when it comes to education and like and like growing up. And um, I had that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks to my parents, I had that. I had the privilege of you know going to private schools back in my country. I had the privilege of of having personal tutors, um, I had the privilege of having someone to clean the house for me. I like, because my parents were here, but I didn't know what, that, um, how hard my parents were working. I didn't know how bad they were treated as immigrants um, out here, um, because I was just getting, you know, uh, all these privileges and like all this, all this stuff in order for me to have to being treated and to be seen as as someone good in my community. And um, back in my country, I was always like, I've, I've been always someone who's very proactive and like an active person, someone who's always trying to to collaborate or do something for her community. Like I've done this before back, back in my country. And my dream was always to meet my parents because I, I didn't even know my parents. I didn't know, I didn't even know their faces because I grew up without them. So I was, I was like, oh, <laughs> my dream, and, and that, that has always been my dream, right? And when I grew up and, and became older over time, I understood, you know, how much I had to value everything that I was, I was given, like the education, the, the, you know, the good stuff, the, the good clothes, then, and the food, the, the being in a, in a good house, in a good house and stuff like that. I, I started to value that more and to understand how much effort and how much work my parents were, were, um, doing here, um, by just being mature and looking like as someone who's, who's mature to my family. Um, and then over time i got in there the pressure of like i have to be an a student because my parents are working hard and i have to be um, a role model for others because 
I need to demonstrate that to my family. Like I always being under this pressure of like showing out, like being the best, being the number one in order for me to feel like I'm being grateful for something or the, for the stuff I, I, I've been given. And when I turned 14, 15 years old, I, I was told that I was going to be blessed with the opportunity of coming to this country with a legal status. That was like the best thing I was ever told. And for me, it wasn't only coming here with a legal status. It was more of like, I, like pursuing my dream of knowing my parents for the first time. And I knew, I always knew I had, I had my father, I had my mother, I always knew I had them. But I never had the experience of what was it like to grow up with, um, you know, with, a, with having a father, uh, the, a shadow of your father. Or I never knew what it was to grow up with um, knowing what it was to hug your mom. I always, like, I, I am grateful, you know, um, with my grandmother and my aunt. Because they always try to give me that. They always like, even though I didn't have my parents, they were always really, they were always nice to me. They try to raise me well. They gave me uh, this this amazing, you know, human values that I, I will always be grateful for. Because thanks to them, I am I am the person who I am today, right? I am a, an educated, you know, person that respects everyone and values um, the value of just being someone in my community. But even though I had them, it wasn't the same as having my own parents and like having um, the opportunity to say, I will have my father, I will invite my father to this event I'm going to. Or my, my father will be, you know, on the audience seeing me, uh, you know, do this type of, of event, like singing, dancing, stuff like that, that, that I used to do in my country. And it was like growing up with that mindset, or like trying to always be positive was was really difficult for me. Like you, um, you know, Alex and May, you guys might know me as someone who's really positive, but that has been going on for a while. Like I had to grow up. Um, I had to grow up with that. I had to just try to be positive for myself, not for others, like for myself, in order for me to just not feel that I was, I was, to not feel alone or not or to not feel like under pressure that much so when i was coming back when i was 15 i i knew this and i started to to you know plan my life my new life because it was going to be a new life and it is a new life for me um in, like here in california and when the day came you know where we had to fly from my country to california I was nervous. I was, I didn't know, you know, what to do. I didn't know what to feel. And I didn't even cry when I said bye, I said bye to my family and friends. I didn't even cry. And because, and that also goes with like being someone who's not, who doesn't let herself feel because I always had to show that I was, I was being strong to everyone and for everyone. So being, being someone who's strong is just something that I, I had to grow up with as well. So I didn't even cry when I left my country. <laughs> I was just like, I was more nervous and anxious on knowing and meeting my parents for the first time than leaving my country. <laughs> that for me, that was like, it's okay. I, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of like uh, the person I am here in my country. And I want, if I am going to move, if I am going to have a new life, I also wanna, you know, 
change who I am, not change who I am, but, but I, as well have a better experience on being me <laughs> and not being being someone that that society has has made you know like i i had to follow the stereotypes in in my community in back in guatemala in order for me to feel that i was being accepted because because i wasn't accepted because i was the child who had everything because her parents were here in in, in the us so I had to just follow the stereotypes and go along and, and try to fit into my community because, um, yeah, okay. So when I came here and I met my parents for the first time, that was like a, a dream coming through. But it was also like weird and difficult because <laughs> um, I like, I, I'm, I always knew when like, I think I live a year longer with my father. So I'm just more, I'm more close to my father than my mother. But um, the first person I had was my father. <laughs> and I think that's because I already knew him. Like I, I experienced to live with him longer than with my mother. Like I was, I think I was about to be one year old when my mother left and, and I was uh, almost three years old when my father left. So you see that difference sometimes, right? So the first person I had was my father. And, <clears throat> and I think that was, the best hug I ever had. I, that was like something close to heaven. <laughs> we could say it like that. I felt like I was flying. I felt like um, I I felt complete. If if I could say it like that, I felt like I was finally complete. Um, and when I hugged my father, I was like, "Where's my mom?" <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't even remember my mom's face. And and we have a video and like. That's when you see that video, you like cry because you feel that. <laughs> and I was like, "Where's my mom?" And and when I saw her, like she was she was like all put together. She looked all put together, and I was like, "She's so beautiful." In my mind, I was like, "She's so beautiful." I didn't even run to hug her. I was just was I was just looking at her. <laughs> I was like, I was standing up next to my father, and I was like, I was seeing. I wasn't even saying anything. I was looking at her, and I was like, "She's so beautiful." <laughs> She, she, she seems nice. She, and then I, I went and I hugged my mother. And when I hugged my mother, I felt different. <laughs> I, that's something that I've never had. I never, I ever hugged my mother before. And like having that, that day, that was like, that, that changed my life forever. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that changed my life. And my, and, and the way I was, I used to think about family you know i knew i had family but i didn't know the real meaning of family which is you know having your parents in in, in you as, as as their kid right so <laughs> that that changed my life and then it was difficult for me when i came when i was here for the first two months because i was also again trying to fit in in into this country and when i went to high school I was also trying to fit in into the the, the certain the dif the different groups of like kids because high school is like that. You you go to high school and you see that the people is being separated by groups and not only you know because they're friends they're being separated by by stereotypes. Like this is like the Hispanic group of of kids the um you know the American kids the the smart kids the kids that don't 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 really care about school so. Yeah, so I don't, um, 
I didn't know this. So I, I've been trying to let let's say I've been trying to fit in my whole life, and then I realized that I needed to find myself. So I stopped believing into this um, idea of society that was made of stereotypes, and I started being myself. And when I started doing so, and and showing who I really was to people in my community, and just letting, um, just letting that um, to fitting into my community in order for me, or or in, instead of like me acting as someone as I wasn't, or as not acting as, as who I, I really was with my beliefs and who who I really am as a person, and that like things got better. Like I was being myself. I found really nice people. I, I started seeing what having friends um, would look like for me, like real friends. And then there is where I saw, um, I started hearing the word community and and friends and like family and stuff. So I think now I've grown as someone who's not following stereotypes. I think I'm someone who's trying, who's, who will always be trying to break them um, because these are barriers for us. I see them as barriers. So um, I, I think I, I personally see myself as someone who will and will keep trying to work on breaking stereotypes in order for, for her community to feel like they, they are who they are just because they are being themselves instead of just trying to fit into something they are not. And yeah, so that's my story. <laughs> Sorry, that was long. <laughs> I I love talking, so. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So let's move on now to our sprout. So what are we doing to make a difference? I have some key questions for you guys. What are some issues that are prevalent in your community and how can we help? This can be just a general overview or if you have specific issues that you'd like to talk about. I can I can go first. So so I think like some issues like I said again my parents are from Im- like our immigrants. They came here and they've been here for like I think like 26 years now. <clears throat> and some a lot of the issues that are prevalent I think like pertaining to just my own community because I base myself off of a lot of immigrant people that I'm around is you know immigration rights and also I have friends that are in DACA like that are DACA recipients and the news that about the DACA being able to be extended or renewed or I'm not I'm not quite sure because I haven't done enough research but uh, that was also really big news that for our community. And I think what can everyone do to help is just, I think, become more involved in your local communities and like um, really try to bring change or start small. Like I think what what sometimes we forget is like we want to start off really huge, but like sometimes it's just like in the small things that like start us off and start like becoming a segue for us to do like all these larger events and like become part of larger movements and I also think like you know becoming more involved in the MCCDC like um you know getting uh if you want to like you know reach out to us and like say like you can also help us like I think the most important 
is if you want to get involved in your local community, like just find like small outlets, like small nonprofits, like here in Hayward, there's like La Familia, like there's also the Hayward Collective that you can reach out to on Instagram. Um, there's a lot of people in Hayward that I know of because I live here and I'm like active here. Um, at CSM, I think the biggest thing you can do is just being part of the MCCDC, like getting more involved, um, signing up for our newsletter and or like coming through our link tree and like giving us suggestions or questions and advice for our, you know, for this podcast to talk about more stuff that you guys may be interested in. And I think that's like what is like, you know, most important, especially right now is getting is you guys like you guys telling us and like you guys like also helping us by helping you you know we want to help you by help help you and you need to and hopefully have uh you guys help us and then that like we can like you know keep making events and like bringing forth stuff um to pass it on may i would say the same thing um something or that i've always found interesting in the polynesian community is that families are more concerned about like keeping or holding upholding what they think others perceive them as so that they can be seen in a certain light so like mental illness these conversations like they never happen they almost never happen it's almost never talked about it's always swept under the rug and so I'd say being a part of the this work having this podcast and allowing a platform for people to be unapologetically themselves and speak out and normalize conversations around these difficult conversations, having them is the first step in the right direction. Um, And I would say just get involved in that work, start having conversations with your family. I think um, the issues that I see more often, because I am, you know, in a Hispanic household and I'm Hispanic and I I can relate to, you know, my Hispanic community as well is, you know, immigrant rights (laughs) and like how immigrant people, you know, work hard. And even if if immigrants work hard, you know, to to survive in this country and and to work for and to get what they wanted, you know, a better life and better opportunities, they still they are still treated in a bad way. And 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 we see um, I got to experience that as well so I think um I will call this issue like um not respecting you know other people and and still coming down to this stereotype of like I'm I might be like let's say I'm rich and you're not I have money and you're not so I will treat you as crap because you don't have money and I will I will treat you bad because I have more power than you so not having that type of power on defending yourself and and language and things like that that also like gives us another chance to just keep going down and not actually wanting to keep you know doing doing better and working for ourselves and working for more opportunities and um yeah so language is something else i as I said before, language is something else I see as an issue. Like most immigrants not don't know English at all. And if they do, they just know the basics and they, they they have trouble trying to communicate with other people here in the US. So that's um and that's something I see because as an issue because I also got to experience that when I came here first. Like I knew some some of 
you know the language but i had i had struggles trying to communicate with people and by having that and by by doing so and by being like that i just uh got to experience the bad side of this you know having other people um humiliate me or like treat me bad just because i didn't know how to actually communicate with them and yeah so immigrant rights language and that, that these are some issues that i see in my community often and how can we help it will be just listening to people and trying to to understand them and relate to them and respecting them i think respect doesn't affect to anyone <laughs> and and respecting everyone no matter who they are how they look where they come from their religion everything like just respecting people um that will help our community you know to grow more and and to be more you know united and have this sense and meaning of equity that we all need and that's why i mean you know but that's what i mean by saying equity because um we need that <laughs> we are still like even though you know there are movements we're working you know to make that difference in our community there are still you know these stereotypes that are you know coming with us as shadows and we need to break them and and how to break them will be just trying to join us <laughs> trying to join our program and uh, support us <laughs> no i think just just go to your to your closest you know program or 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 um you know whatever you have close to you that will help or that you think will help your community to do better at any way that you feel um that you will help in any way that you believe that that will help to make a difference in your community it doesn't matter if you're just trying to um um you know learn or or have an internship and like oh just just trying to understand people that i think by doing so you will just already be helping a lot to our community because you will be one more person who will know how to understand people and how to respect people and i think that makes a huge difference and yeah and like if you're a student at csm and you're listening to this <laughs> you are more than welcome to come to our program and i think if we are um you know our mindset and our goal in this program is to even if not we don't have the right resources we will come with you and we will help you to find the right resources if we don't have them in our program we will help you to find them in um you know many different ways and we are also connected and and have you know communication with other programs at csm and outside of csm and i think that will that's that's something that helps us to to be more open to help you and have better resources for you so you're welcome to come to us and and because really like these people are amazing <laughs> we we are really like um we are always looking to learn more and we're angry i mean hang hungry so <laughs> angry uh we're hungry um to learn more and and to help others and if you want to become part of this movement of of you know hunger of wanting to to do better for your community you're welcome to join us awesome thank you all of you guys for those again great responses i don't want to sound redundant but yeah so lastly to add on to this i would say uh, our next question is why is it important to be active in the community you live in and um you know i'll start us off i just want to say that there's um with this whole the 
BLM movement, I think there was like a very important important point that, you know, they made towards like police was that they need to start living in the community that they police in order because, you know, you get to know the people in your community and you get to like grow fond of them. And obviously, you know, you're living in that community. So you want to help make it a greater place. And to add on to that, I think that's a very important part. Also, being part of a community and living in it is also important to be active in it, you know, and like to be actively making a change, especially as young people. I think it's very important because, you know, we're we have grown up with very different ideals than what our parents or grandparents or so forth, you know, have grown up with. They have, you know, grown up with these old traditional ideals that no longer pertain to us. Like here we have like three really strong educated women that are like empowered and going to move forward in their education. And, you know, back then that wasn't something that was prevalent. And, you know, we still continue to have to break down these barriers and like fight for our rights and like, especially fight for our reproductive rights. I think it's an important part that often gets brushed under the rug is like how much we have like to keep still moving forward and keep like, you know, pushing the movement along because without us as young people, you know, our community will stay the same, like there, nothing is going to change. And th- I think that's why that was like one of the biggest things for me is like, it's important to live in the community and also be active, not just say you live in a community and, you know, not be bringing forth change or, you know, it's important to like be out there and like pushing forward, especially like, you know, pushing forward as a young person for other young people that currently, you know, can't vote or do other things, you know, use those rights, like use that power, like you do have power. I'll say, may you go next? Thanks. I think that was a really good answer, Alex. And just to add on to what Alex said, I would say to my younger self, if you're looking to get involved in the community, is to first identify an issue that you care super passionate about. And then what can you offer to that cause? I remember in the last podcast that we did when we interviewed um, Valeria, Nate, and Leigh, Valeria said that nothing is too small for you to contribute to the cause. If you can babysit, um, and that's like a talent that you have, you can literally contribute um, so much to the movement. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there and to just start asking questions and that that's a part of like community building is to just start talking to people how can you like help the community if you aren't willing to participate in just like having conversations with people so yeah, i would say just ask around do a little bit of research and find an issue that you care passionately about and then contribute the talents or the skills that you have to the cause nothing is too small no donation no um talent nothing is too insignificant how to be active in our community um, that's a difficult question <laughs> for someone um you know that has been trying to find a program like this for a while if you don't have the resources of you know applying to a program like this if you feel like you're still afraid of joining to a movement or or things like that i think there are other ways you know to be active in our community and one of these ways i will say 
social media is, is uh, an important factor for us since you know technology is, is, is just amazing right and i think um being active in social media by not only just posting stuff about yourself or like things like that but if you know that you have people you know following you or you have people in your social media um you you should know that you are you have the power to help them by posting stuff with a real concept um maybe just motivational stuff maybe you know you have maybe it, there can be like political stuff or stuff that have to to do with um uh rights or the blm movement or or things that you support and things that you believe in and by doing so by and by posting this type of stuff on your social media i think you you will be able to help your community to to be more informed about what's going on and i think that's that's what we actually need and we need to inform people about the issues because um most of our community or i would say some of of uh, you know the people in our community they don't really know what's going on they don't really know what's, what's what is the actual meaning of of the blm movement you know they don't really know what's the um what what is the what what are the immigrant rights? They don't know, they don't know the real concepts. They hear about it and they talk about it, but they don't understand about these issues because they don't they 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 are not educated in this in, in this sense, um, where they need information to in order for for them to help us and support our community to make a difference. So I would say social media because that's something. We all, we are all <laughs> on all the time, and and we are um, we have this type of addiction to social media most of the time. So yeah, social media. If you don't have the resources to join something bigger or to do something um, that will help you grow as a person, but um, besides that, I recommend to look for um, you know the programs that we have at school clubs join to clubs there are there there are many different clubs that will help you to grow not only as a person but to change your mindset great thank you guys so let's move on to our thorn our little juicy segment little angry sassy so next we have our thorn and i think we have come to a collective agreement that our thorn for this month is to talk about how the recent election divided our country. It has also been angering to hear the accusations of fraud that are baseless and inflammatory and continue till this day, even, you know, like a month and a half later now (laughs) or something. Our communities have come together for a common purpose and also a plea for help. And actually, we saw huge people of color turn out this election that helped flip known red states like Arizona and Georgia. In Arizona, there was a huge indigenous people voting turnout that aided in the flip. And it is also estimated that 52 to 55% of young people voted this time around. So adding to this, why does it matter that more young people are voting? What do you think made them want to vote? And also, why does it matter that more people of color are voting? And why is it important for our communities? And what do we benefit from this? So I I can go ahead and start off. I think for me, the election was something that was really personal. And I, you know, I'd been waiting for this moment, I'm not going to lie, for four years. And 
also I think for in regards to my parents and stuff like it's just you know those like there's a lot of terms and slurs and stuff that has been used that is inflammatory and disgusting and like it was just time like for me and I think I just got more involved like I started like helping a local campaign and just like adding to it and a lot of that young that campaign that I was helping was actually young people and I think um you know I became more educated through that campaign and also doing side research and I also started like helping my own siblings because I have a sibling that's 19 and a sibling that's 17 and another sibling that's 12 and through my through that information I started like you know relaying that back to them and that like helped them and also it helped you know my sisters like see kind of have a perspective and like see like what is really going on in the world because I think a lot of stuff that we often vote for is really confusing and it's made to be that way because you know people like you know the people that are making these propositions and all these things like make it confusing so that people don't know what they're actually voting for or they you know use all these terms and people don't understand and I think like it's important that young people more young people are voting because like I mentioned again, you know, young people are the future. Like young people are like what's going to continue to move us forward for like this change, like reform in all aspects, not just immigration, but also like gender reform, like w- about wages, reproductive rights. There's a lot more things that we are building knowledge in as young people. And like if we continue to push those narrative forwards and like continue to teach young students, you know, also about like LGBTQIA plus rights and like all these different areas where we are opening up the doors like I think it's important because you're you know striving to not just become not just make your community a better place but you're also striving to make like the state or like the country that you're living in a better place a place like that's not filled with hatred for one another it's filled with love and like solidarity within all of our communities and I think like that was also again like an important thing about why why pe- more people of color are voting is because we're we're beginning to change our mindsets and we're beginning to see like what we really have been taught is like from one center perspective and not like many perspectives it's like one central perspective that pins everyone against each other and i think like in you know becoming more aware and observing that that is bringing forth more awareness and more solidarity between our communities and i think it's been really important and really amazing to see like how we're all trying to support each other and not like you know coming down not following the same stigmas like we were before and I think that was one that was a really great thing that I saw was solidarity between all of us like not just anger in you know one particular community but like anger for all of the communities that are being impacted by these inflammatory insults and I think that's important is to keep you know, pushing young people to vote and keep pushing them to like, you know, bring awareness and like be more like, you know, because oftentimes as young people, we think we don't have a voice, but we do. And we're really important. And we do have a voice, we can vote and we do matter. And we're going to continue to matter. And we're going to continue to make up this country and become older and continue to push these ideals forward. And I think that's an important thing. Wow. (laughs) Like Alex, your answer that was so powerful thank you for for you know doing that uh these elections i think i appreciate that from you and for all you know the people that try to help make a difference in our community i think 
I will say we are rising above. <laughs> we are rising. And this year, not only because of the pandemic, but I think this year was a year that helped us to wake up and make a difference. It This year helped us to get up and do something for not only for our community, but for ourselves. Because we all have been affected not only by stereotypes, but, but um, this, by the system. <laughs> and, and I think the system needed to change. And I support that idea, um, you know, for other people as well. And for me, um, you know, this year, these elections, I couldn't be able to vote. But I did, you know, support my community by telling them to vote, giving them the resources to go to vote and to register to vote on social media and like going to these events from or 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 school that that gave everyone this information, you know. And um, the reason I think um, why people started to vote <laughs> and like especially young people, I think is because we are tired of being seen as we don't have the right to you know or the power to make us being seen i think we needed to just fight for that right of being seen and, and being taken seriously as young people because um age or, or or being 18 19 years old that doesn't mean that we can't be seen or, or being taken serious uh seriously in our community and i think that needed to happen and that's one of the, the changes that needed to happen. And we did it. And I am happy and proud of everyone who, who tried to fight for that. Because we not having the right to say something or not feeling that we had the power to do something in our community. But that was also affecting us um, mentally. <laughs> and I will say this because it was helping me, uh, affecting me um, mentally. And I was, um, I was experiencing, you know, this these um, effects and challenges in our community as well. So I think I will say that uh, all I say, all uh, all I will say for for this answer is just that we are rising above, and that um, if we already got up um, to make a difference, please don't stop. Like we are ready, we are already working on this, uh, on making something change, and and. If you are already doing that, if you are already doing the work, just don't stop. Just keep finding more resources and finding more help and ask for help um, to make that difference happen. And because we all need it, we all need it. Our community need it. And yeah, I would say that. And I'm proud of everyone. Thank you, Andrea. I think oftentimes we forget that, you know, people that maybe can't have a vote actually can help and like spread the message and I think that was also a very important part in this time around was that there was more um, you know motivation more acknowledgement and more pushing for people that could vote like for myself you know again my parents can't vote so we you know my sister and I voted for my parents that who couldn't vote and I think that often gets forgotten like you know how many parents or how many siblings or you know, people in your community that can't vote and they actually still keep spreading the message. And I think that's like a very important part is, is, you know, like showing that you want us to make a change and you're helping us make a change by being active and like pushing that narrative forward. Thank you. 
So to continue on, we know that this is a very stressful time for students like ourselves. Um, we, do, we do not just have a hostile political climate, but we also surround ourselves by the stress of finals and the upcoming holidays, along with you know, the rising COVID cases and the recent lockdown. We wanted to discuss the importance of mental health as well as how mental health is looked at in our communities. And to start off, I'd like to pose the question, you know, you can share with us as much as you would or would not like, what does mental health look like for us individually? You know, I'll go ahead and start us off. I think for my own self, I have mental health issues. I have, um, you know, severe anxiety and also depression. And that looks like to me is like, you know, sometimes you, I get up and I have a good day. Sometimes I get up and I have a bad day, like, you know, but I try to, you know, continue to push myself forward, even on those bad days, because I have been in a, you know, in a very dark place once upon a time. And it wasn't fun. Like it really affected who, how I viewed myself as a person, like what I wanted to do. Um, if I wanted to continue to live, you know, like there was a lot of issues like that. And I think for my own self, it, it looks like you know, getting up and maybe one day it's a great day and I feel happy and maybe one day it's not, but trying to be positive and change and like continue to push myself to, you know, and motivate myself. I think that's another part for me is like motivating myself to, you know, just have like a great day and find the positive aspects in every day because every day, you know, something great, you know, we get another day to live and that's huge and then an accomplishment and you're living another day. So I think that's what it looks like for me individually. Andrea, would you like to go next? What mental health looks for me personally is to accept the fact that it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> and I learned that also, you know, with bad experiences. And I think I will take my right and keep my mental health private. <laughs> <laughs> my mental health situations you know to myself <laughs> but I do believe in mental health and that's important for me because you don't have to be in a clinic or in a hospital in order to be experiencing issues with mental health you don't have to be seeing a doctor in order for you to be experiencing issues with mental health and sometimes we don't realize that we are having issues um you know with it we don't or, or we know but we don't accept the fact that we are having actually having issues with mental health because we are trying to follow um this system the stereotype of like if you're experiencing problems or issues with mental health means that you are totally crazy or um in a bad state <laughs> and for me what what it means is to ask for help and and asking for help is the best thing that we all can do and I say this because I have the experience of like asking for help at, at, at the last minute until I actually realized that I needed help, you know. And um, we, if we are, you know, it doesn't matter if you are experiencing depression or you don't know what depression will look like or if you are, you know, anxiety and you know you, you are, you know, as someone who experiences anxiety often but you don't, you don't know how to get help just 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 ask for help or tell a friend and, and and ask that friend to go with you and ask for help and because that's what i did i i told my best friend and like she encouraged me 
to just go and ask for help. <laughs> and and th we have resources at CSM. We have free personal counseling, you know, visits that you can go and, and talk to someone. You don't need to actually be experiencing depression to just go and talk to a counselor. You don't need to, to feel that you are in need of an actual doctor, um, you know, or like something really serious to just go and ask and ask for someone to listen to you because I think it's important for us to have someone to listen to us and receive back that feedback and that advice from someone else that doesn't really know us at all and that, that someone that's just there to listen to us and I think that's amazing to have these type of resources at CSM because because of these resources I was able to get help. I was able to to you know get better and, and do better with myself. So for me mental health is just what um what i see as not only personally but in, in other people and is trying to find my my own you know wellness and i in order for me to help my community i have to be okay with myself first i have to you know have a balance or at least knowing that i will find a balance soon before helping someone else, before doing something for my community. Wow, thank you all so much for being vulnerable and open in this space and um, sharing that, those experiences. I have, y'all know me, <laughs> I've always been super shy and reserved and it was just recently where I was, found out that I have been living with social anxiety. I think hearing and putting a name to what I was experiencing um, just like totally validated how I felt recognizing and that this is a, like it is real it's so validating to hear like other people experience this too because I had no idea what social anxiety was now I watch TikTok and I see everyone talking about it but before I had no idea what it was um, especially in the Polynesian community where we are super extroverted and people are just like all about family togetherness and like we're very people like per persons we are everyone's friend and so like everyone's just so open and and vibrant and I just felt so like I guess like isolated from my own community in that way because I I've always been super shy and so learning that it's okay to not always be okay like Andrea said is important <laughs> I think it's super important to not be so hard on yourself and to forgive yourself for not knowing better until you knew better. Like, I think understanding that every day you are literally, like every second of every day, you are literally trying your best with the knowledge that you have to get by. So forgive yourself for not knowing better until you knew better and just keep showing up and doing your thing. One tip that I would throw out there if I were talking to myself is to remember the saying, my cup overfloweth. You need to fill your own cup before you do anything else, like prioritize yourself. It's my cup overfloweth, so whatever's inside my cup, that's for me, and whatever overflows, like that's for y'all, that's for everyone else. So just remember to, in order to show up as your best self and be of use to everyone around you, you have to prioritize yourself and remember that it's okay to say no, it's okay. Um, and yeah, those are my best tips, <laughs> or that's my best tip. Yeah, agree, agree. 
example and great tips and all that you encouraged all the students. I think also another tidbit I'd like to add is that oftentimes in our in our community communities as people of color, you know, mental health doesn't get talked about enough and like or it's looked down upon or it's looked at something weird or you know you see the machista ideals that are like well suck it up you know but actually you know that's not what you know should be said instead it should be known that mental health is very important like taking care of your mental health is like should be the first and foremost priority and like Andrea said there's a lot of resources on our campus to help continue and aid you in whatever you like may need help with. And also, you know, our our hope is to continue to push forward like that, that mental health is like normal. It's okay. It's something that happens. And, you know, there's like ways you can cope and resources that can help. So with that being said, we would like to do an activity that will help center us and remind us to be mindful of our mental health during this time. I want to ask us all to take a mindful minute where we take that minute to uplift ourselves and think of all our accomplishments through the semester, thinking of only the positive and pushing the negative to the side. So let's go ahead and take that minute now. Relax yourself, allow your brain to disengage and let positivity surround you. All right, so we're back. What did we think about that short meditation? Was it helpful? May, would you like to go first? Yeah, to answer your question, yes, that was very helpful. And I think it was also very much needed and necessary. Like I said, I have really bad anxiety. And so practicing mindfulness, meditation, being present in the moment, practicing gratitude and positivity, these are things that have been shown in my own life to be super effective and I definitely love practicing these early in the morning after I say my prayers and and thank God for all the blessings that I have I practice like just being present in the moment right before I start my day and I'm it's shown in my own life I can definitely testify and say like practicing mindfulness has definitely helped me to stay more on task with the things that I need to get done stop the self-loathing or or thinking about things in my past or my my mind will just trace off sometimes and just just go to to those places about things that oh what I, I, I want to do this or I need to do this staying off social media and practicing mindfulness and meditation has helped me to be grateful for the things that I have instead of like coveting and, and looking at what other people have and comparing myself just being aware of that especially with the pandemic instead of scrolling through Instagram taking a minute to just sit back and 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 be present in the moment is very much important. Andre, you want to go next? For me, taking a moment to think about not only to think just about the good things and the good benefits I got from I got out from this semester <laughs> was a good moment to just realize that not everything was you know bad, not everything was thrown on the dark side, <laughs> um, and even though we struggle because we know we struggle too much <laughs> this semester we we fall to you know go to the end and like we actually put the time and the effort and like try to do our work and like try to do our part to at least feel like we did something well 
um, this year because we're almost at the end of the year so like to feel that we did something well and I think this moment helped me to um, just reflect on myself and like yeah and give myself the credit on you know I did the work I put the effort that I had to and maybe some things didn't go as, as I expected them to just you know be at the end but um I deserve the credit because I also felt, you know, to find a balance this semester. Since this semester was all difficult since the beginning and even before it it um it started it was all difficult because we are we were all trying to find a balance between mental health, trying to just do well in school and personal life and like yeah, online classes are not easy at all. So I think it helped me to do that and realize that and give me the credit you know for just taking my time and like find a balance and I think I finally found that balance so thank you thank you guys very awesome I think for me too sometimes it's like you know what Andrea and me said it's it's good to disengage and just you know think about the positive aspects of what we're doing so far and like all that we've achieved and you know finishing the finals strong and then we have a vacation, so I think that is really a good reminder to pat yourself on the back and for all the hard work you've done. So next, we want to talk about some tips that we utilize every day that help us get through the day and keep ourselves on a positive mindset. So some of these can include breathing exercises, journaling, practicing gratitude, exercising, getting help, therapy, or anyone to talk to you in an unbiased way. And how do we use these tips and when, and are they useful and how? I think for my own self, I use a lot of breathing exercises, especially if I can feel like I'm going to have an anxiety attack. And just uh, reiterating, like taking a mindful minute, or sometimes just taking, you know, 10 minutes to do an activity that you really love. And that ground you and like remind you to like disengage once in a while I think is what helps me a lot and as well as you know talking to people about what may be stressing out what stressing me out or something like that having also an unbiased opinion to listen to you I think is a very important part especially when those people like care about you and want to see you do well like sometimes if they just just even having them listen to you is is amazing. And I think just there's a lot of these tips that are really useful, especially, you know, getting help and practicing gratitude. I think oftentimes we forget to practice gratitude like every on a day to day basis or even weekly basis. We forget to be grateful because we're so caught up in like living such a fast life. And, you know, COVID has made us realize that our life can stop and being grateful for the little things that you have in life is very important. And then May. Yeah, I would say some of the things that I said earlier also apply to this question. Just like Alex said, I do practice gratitude as well. And I found it to be one of the, if not the most effective tips or tactics, I guess, that I have applied to my daily life. So like practicing gratitude every single day has helped me overcome my own anxiety. Being positive. I hate that saying. Just be more positive. But it is true. Looking at situations in my life where I sometimes I would self-loathe like oh why did this happen to me like that was so shady instead of looking at things that way and seeing things through the lens of okay so what is this trying to teach me what can I learn from this and how can I better myself 
this was to happen again? How would I approach this situation? Another thing is with the pandemic with COVID, I have found that having two hobbies for me, that's playing the guitar and working out, making time to go outside and not spend the whole entire day in my room but also talking to my family too like making a daily routine is so helpful for me even if it's just one hour or two hours it's just downtime for me to just chill I need that time sometimes to just be okay with relaxing like this is my break this is my time I'm, I'm doing that okay I think I I use some of these um, you know exercises like breathing I oh I'm almost like almost often saying in our meetings at the, at the program, you know, can we just take a minute to just step back and breathe? <laughs> and like, cause I think that helps us, you know, to stay calm and like, I don't know, to calm ourselves a little bit um, from all the craziness and like, because I think this semester we were all freaking out, <laughs> especially, yeah, everyone. Awesome, thank you. And now we have reached our pollen section where we ask you guys to submit your questions or comments and or comments pertaining to our episode this month. So let's get right into it. We have a student question. A student asked us, how do we cope with finals? I think that's a very great question. (laughs) I think for all of us here. (laughs) Uh, When it comes to studying and preparing for finals, I think I just try to organize myself but but also my personal life my daily you know um, activities that I do adding this to my schedule and finding time to study so I feel much um, more put together and I feel like I have a balance that this is one of the ways I found helpful for me to find a balance with with school and my personal life now that we are in quarantine so like adding these different activities to my daily schedule and finding time to study, finding time to eat, finding time to go for a walk, to even to take a shower, that is really helpful for you. And that 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 keeps you on track. That makes you feel motivated. Like, oh, I finished this task. I already have, or, or I already know what goes next. So that doesn't, um, you know, make you go and like, um, lose time and like be, being unproductive. And then at the end of the day, feel, feel guilt about, you know, you didn't do what you were expecting to do, what you will plan to do during the day. But having these different tasks and having this um, a schedule for yourself, I think that's really helpful, or at least that has been helpful for me. Yes. To also to reiterate what Andrea said, I think like I, what I have tried to try to do and learned through my past semesters is just to be organized, like Andrea mentioned. And what I do is like, you know, I keep track of when my finals are due and like try to start them ahead of time while also giving myself room to you know finish them maybe like do half of them one day and then you know half of them another day and then they're due like you know another separate day or if they're due that same day you know still allowing myself enough time to get through it all and also allowing myself time to have moments where I can breathe and maybe watch a TV show I like just so that I don't have that burnout because I know a lot of us face burnout oftentimes and I think just trying to organize your time better and finding an outlet that you really like if it's just watching a show if it's reading a book just for 15 minutes at a time like do that it helps and it helps alleviate a lot of the stress from finals and 
to move forward, we appreciate your amazing questions and remember to follow us on our Instagram at the root underscore CSM MCCDC, where the wonderful Andrea set up a link tree in our bio to submit your questions, stories, comments, and suggestions. We want to clarify that in the link tree, we have a couple of different areas where you can submit comments, questions, stories, and suggestions. We will be discussing your questions and comments as well as suggestions directly on the podcast, but we'll make smaller videos on our YouTube channel to read your stories and letters to be able to go more in depth as well as provide resources if needed. We want to thank you all for submitting your questions and comments, and we want to hear from our students. So please subscribe and be on the lookout for our, our story times on or letters on our YouTube channel at the Root MCCDC. Keep submitting your questions, comments, suggestions, and stories throughout our Instagram, through the link tree, like the amazing Andrea did for us. And make sure to let us know what's going on in your life and what would you like us to talk about. We want to hear more from you guys. So please, please, please send us anything you would like to send us. And we will keep your identity anonymous if you would like to, as well as keep your information and all the topics throughout your, the letter stories and everything confidential. So that is a wrap up of our podcast. Thank you guys for speaking openly about personal subjects. We appreciate you being open and honest about what community means to all of us. This is our last episode for the semester, but we will be bringing you new episodes next semester. We have some juicy topics and great interviewers to come on and speak about those juicy topics. Also, make sure to check out, again, our Instagram, at the root underscore CSM MCDC. Check it out. Send us your stuff through our link tree. We want to hear from you as well as our YouTube and Spotify at The Root. Thank you for listening. Live your life the way you want to. Live your life in positivity. Tune in next semester. It's going to be lit.